Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different styles, the different grape varieties, and the history and culture associated with wine. In this episode, we're going to look at the Southern Rhone, a region which is very different from the Northern Rhone, which we looked at in the previous episode. For a start, it's much hotter. The climate here is Mediterranean, which means warm summers, very little rain during that summer, and then mild winters where rain does fall. And about 700 millimetres of rain falls each year in the Southern Rhone, so it's quite a dry, warm, arid climate. The landscape is also a lot flatter. So in the northern Rhone we have those very steep slopes rising from the Rhone River, enabling Syrah to get fully ripe. But in the southern Rhone everything's very flat. It's also very windy. And this wind is a cold wind, which really cools the um, environment down, which is a good thing, otherwise it would be too, too hot for quality wine. But that cool, cold wind can also be very strong, just ripping through the vines. And so the vines are trained low for protection. So these are bush wines, bush vines, or gobelet, to use the French term. And these low-trained vines are naturally protected from the wind. That cold wind can create a cool environment. And so here also the rocks are famous. They're called galets. And these are big pebbles, stones, which uh, reflect the heat back onto the low-trade vines. They do help ripening. So there's a lot of balancing acts in the southern Rhone with the hot weather and the cold wind. In the southern Rhone, most wines are blends, both red and white. Um, we'll look at the different grape varieties in a moment. So that's another differentiation from the Northern Rhone, where the red wines are always um, Syrahs, the only black grape grown there. And then there are various appellations within the Southern Rhone, uh, into different tiers, from the entry-level Côte de Rhone, the higher-quality Côte de Rhone village, and then the individual villages or crew, such as the very famous Chateauneuf de Pape. First of all, let's look at the grape varieties. And the main grape variety here is Grenache. And Grenache um, loves a warm climate. It can only actually get fully ripe in the warm climates. You find it in Mediterranean environments such as the Rhone, southern Rhone, southern France, and Spain. It's a grape that has naturally low acidity and low tannin, but with high alcohol. So on its own, Grenache often does not quite work because of that low acidity, low tannin, and high alcohol. There's a lack of balance to the wines. Our exceptions to this, certainly Old Vine Grenache has more balance and more concentration, but generally Grenache is the main component of a blend in the Southern Rome, and the different grape varieties it's blended with balance those attributes of Grenache. So Syrah is very important here. It can get overripe in a warm climate, so it's not usual to see it on its own as you would in the Northern Rome. But what it does, it balances Grenache. The acidity is higher, the tannins are higher, and the alcohol is medium to high, it's not quite as high as Grenache. So it brings everything into balance. And then the black fruits of Syrah, particularly blackberry, complement the red fruits of Grenache. So Grenache is a wine which has raspberry, strawberry aromas, as well as some licorice. So it's adding complexity as well as balance, that blend between Grenache and Syrah. Also planted we have Mourvedre which is called Monastrel in Spain. And this is a late ripening grape, so again it needs the warm climate of the southern Rhone or of Provence, which is even, even warmer and more Mediterranean. Quite earthy flavours, and black fruits again, bramble um, aromas, as well as um, quite uh, big tannins. Mourvedre is quite a big smoky wine. So it's used usually as a small part of a blend, maybe 20%. 
uh, with Grenache and Syrah. And of course the Australians have come up with an abbreviation, or a TLA, TLA for these styles of wine, GSM, Grenache, Syrah, Mourvedre blends, made here in the Southern Rhone as well as other Mediterranean climates around the world. We also have Sanso, which also has um, fairly low acidity and low tannins and red fruit aromas. So not dissimilar to Grenache, though generally not as high quality, and it's best used for the rosé wines of the Southern Rome, um, which are going to be quite refreshing but designed to be drunk um, almost immediately in that warm summer environment of the Southern Rome. And then there's also Cunoise, which isn't planted too much, but this is a grape of some quality with spicy aromas, and you'll find it maybe as a small part of a blend in um, Chateauneuf de Pape especially. And then there's one other grape, planted more in Languedoc and Roussillon, but also uh, planted in the southern Rome, which is Carignan. And Carignan is a difficult grape because the yields need to be controlled. If yields are too high, the tannins get astringent and bitter, and the wines lack concentration and quality. Carignan in general is at its best when it's an old vine, because the yields are naturally controlled by the age of those vines. So those are the uh, black grapes. There are um, white wines made in the Southern Rhone as well. It's about 7% of production in the region. And these are made from a variety of grapes. Again, usually blends. Uh, Grenache Blanc is one of the most important. Roussan, especially in Chateauneuf de Pape, adding aromatics and a nice creamy texture uh, to the wines, which can be aged in oak. These wines are um, not that common and a whole host of grapes are used to make them. Uh, so let's look at the appellations now, which I mentioned previously, and we'll start with Côte de Rhone, which is the largest appellation in France, with nearly 45,000 hectares planted. And these are generally inexpensive wines, they can be good value, but very rarely rise above $15, and often more around the $10 range. Uh, the Southern Rhone does, uh, sorry, the Côte de Rhone does technically cover all of the Rhone Valley, north and south, and you will find north, Northern Rhone producers making Côte de Rhone wine, but the vines are generally uh, uh, grown in the larger, flatter Southern Rhone, where growing conditions are much, much easier to get um, these inexpensive wines, because you don't want to work too hard to produce them. Uh, they're often made with carbonic maceration, or semi-carbonic maceration, like Beaujolais, which gives the wines a uh, bubblegum, uh, kirsch aromas, uh, full of red fruits from Grenache also. And that carbonic maceration just softens the tannins and gives a bit more colour to the wines because Grenache naturally produces quite pale coloured wines. And these wines are designed to be drunk young, within a year or two of release, just young and fruity. There are some exceptions. Uh, there are some good Côte de Rhone, but generally light and fruity wines, inexpensive, potentially good value. And then there's a little bit of white and rosé, which uh, we mentioned. And then we have the next tier of appellation, which is Côte de Rhone Village. And this refers to 20 villages in the Southern Rhone, which produce higher quality wine. And these villages uh, produce the wine, and the, and the Côte de Rhone Village appellation can be a blend of the different villages, just a couple or all 20 if you like, or it could can come from one village. And if the Côte de Rhone Village uh, wine does come from one village, that village will appear on the label, as well as the Côte de Rhone Village um, term. Potentially, these Côte de Rhone Village can be upgraded to be their own individual appellation, and that has happened in the past. Uh, for example, with Gigondas and Vaquiras, and uh, Rasto has been upgraded as well. And those individual, vi individual village appellations are more concentrated and more specific, with stricter rules for what can go into the wine and how the wine can be made. 
The most famous of these is Chateauneuf-du-Pape, one of the most famous appellations in France and in the world. And Chateauneuf-du-Pape was actually the appellation which uh, kind of was the template for the French AC system, which uh, dominates uh, terminology now. Because Chateauneuf-du-Pape was so famous that a lot of fraudulent examples were being produced, wines from elsewhere in France that had no connection with Chateauneuf-du-Pape in terms of style or quality would put Chateauneuf-du-Pape on the label. So the AC system was designed to uh, prevent that fraud from happening. Its name comes from the Avignon Papacy in the 1300s, and this is what brought the Southern Rhone to the attention of Italy and France, because before then the wines were very obscure and no one really knew about them, although they do date back to Roman times. And so the Avignon Papacy was um, a schism with Rome, and the city of Avignon was home to popes for just under a hundred years in the 1300s, and John Twentieth built a castle uh, nearby to Avignon, and that is the name for Chateauneuf-du-Pape, the Pope's new castle. The appellation of Chateauneuf-du-Pape is defined by land in the area which is so arid and infertile that no lavender or thyme, or thyme, thyme will grow. And so very, very dry conditions and only vines will uh, thrive in these conditions. And the style and quality of Chateauneuf-du-Pape can vary, partly because there are 18 varieties, uh, black, white, and also pink-skinned grape varieties, which are allowed in the Chateauneuf-du-Pape appellation. So very broad in its um, uh, definitions. And the quality can also vary, because there are so many producers in Chateauneuf-du-Pape kind of trading on its famous name and making wines which are a little too expensive for their quality. So Chateauneuf-du-Pape's reputation has uh, suffered a little bit, but nevertheless the very best Chateauneuf-du-Pape is probably the best Grenache in the world. Grenache-based wines. There are some producers that make 100% Grenache, but it's usually a blend with Syrah and Mourvedre, as I was saying. Um, also talking about style, the American market has influenced the style of um, Chateauneuf-du-Pape. So the wines have become bigger with higher alcohol and more new oak. Uh, very big, spicy wines. Personally, I prefer the Chateauneuf-du-Pape wines, which are a bit more um, subdued. But that high alcohol is natural to Chateauneuf-du-Pape because of Grenache and because of the warm conditions. That's why blending is key to tame that alcohol and also um, kind of get more aromatics as well to balance that alcohol coming from all the different grape varieties. Uh, there's no rosé made in Chateauneuf-du-Pape because of Chateauneuf-du-Pape's rivalry with Tavel, which is nearby. Tavel is a rosé-only appellation from Grenache and Sanso. Very unusual, quite deep-coloured and full-bodied rosés. But Chateauneuf-du-Pape basically said to Tavel, rosé is not good enough for us, it's only, only good enough for you. So they outlawed rosé in Chateauneuf-du-Pape. But there are some high-quality white wines made in the appellation, which are rare, but definitely worth trying out. From Grenache Blanc, Roussan, which can benefit from oak ageing, and Claret, and Bourboulon, another local grape variety. Producers to look out for, Chateau de Beaucastel, Chateau Reyes, and Vieux Telegraph are three um, outstanding legendary producers, but expensive to match. Looking at other appellations, there's Gigondas, which is near to Chateauneuf-du-Pape and very similar, but it is less expensive. And I always find Gigondas to be some of the best value wine in the Southern Rome, because the style is so similar to Chateauneuf-du-Pape, but I think the quality is more consistent, and the wines are often half the price. The rules here is a maximum of 80% Grenache, so a little bit different from Chateauneuf-du-Pape, which can be a single varietal wine. So 80% maximum Grenache, and a minimum 15% of Syrah or Mourvedre. 
So uh, Gigondas is always a blend. No Carignan allowed in Gigondas, referring back to the fact that Carignan can produce quite dilute, astringent wines. And there is rosé made in Gigondas, unlike Chateauneuf de Pape, so some differences. And then nearby to Gigondas is Vacuidas, similar in style but more rustic, kind of dirtier winemaking methods if you like. And again, these wines can be extremely good value, maybe half the price of Gigondas, so really getting away from the high prices of Chateauneuf de Pape, though the wines probably won't have the same concentration and sophistication. Here the minimum is 50% Grenache, so it has to be a Grenache-based wine, with Syrah, Morvedre and Sanso also allowed. And then there are many other uh, villages in um, southern Rome which do produce similar styles of wine, such as Lirac, uh, Bone de Venise as well, and also Rasto, producing similar red wines. Um, Bone de Venise and Rasto also produce Vandu Naturel, which will feature in another episode. These are the great fortified wines of the region, with Muscat being grown in Bome de Venise for the fortified wine, and Grenache for the Rasto. But we'll talk about that, those wines in another episode. And then there are some larger areas as well. Uh, there's Ventu to the south, which is named after a 2,000 meter high uh, mountain, which does cool the climate. And this is an up-and-coming up region, and the best finds are on the slopes, so really getting that cooling effect in Ventu. And then we have the Côte de Louveron, which is next to Provence. And this is also a bit cooler because, it, because of the slopes, and also because it's near the coast. Here, uh, the concentration is in rosé, and also crisp white wines. So a bit fresher because of that cool environment. There's also single varietal uh, wine made in the Côte de Louberon, but this is made under a different appellation system. These single varietal wines are made under the name of Van de Pey de Vaucluse. So this isn't actually an AC. The Van de Pey generally refers to a larger um, area. The rules are less strict, less regionally specific. But in this case, the Van de Pey de Vaucluse is just allowing a different um, means of production and a different style of wine from the general style of the Côte de Louberon, which is more rosé and crisp white. And so these are single varietal red wines of good quality. And then finally, to the west, we have Costière de Nîmes, which um, used to be part of the Languedoc, but it has actually been moved geographically into the southern Rome. And this is an area which is in transition, as its geographical move would suggest, but the quality is good and it's reliable. And these are very similar wines in style to the rest of the southern Rome, which is why it has been moved uh, geographically, but generally a very good value, and producers still experimenting and learning about the region. So that has been the southern Rome the different grape varieties, the different appellations, and the warm Mediterranean climate of the region, which is so important for producing these big, bold, high-alcohol, full-bodied wines. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.